Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast. It's episode 76. I'm Mo. I'm here with Alison L. What the hell's going on? Hey, Mo. Hi. 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 How are we doing? I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited too. It's Slipknot <laughs> week and Bloodstock week. Ah. There's loads of shit going on. I know. Uh, don't forget that the new issue of Metal Hammer, or latest issue anyway, it's been out a couple of weeks now, is out right now. Speaking of Slipknot, if you're getting excited for the album, We Are Not Your Kind, which is dropping this Friday, uh, you should be picking up our latest issue. It's got nine exclusive covers, one for each member of the band, along with a world exclusive look inside the new album, the chaos behind it, what's going on behind the scenes in the Slipknot camp right now. It is an amazing read and you should get it in your eyes. Available right now in shops and that. So go and get it. Uh, we're going to be previewing the awesome looking Bloodstock Festival lineup, which is taking place this weekend. That's all to come. Uh, in the meantime, just going to turn my phone off because it's ringing. Go away. Uh, in the meantime, what the hell's been going on? What have you been up to? I went to How are you? I went to Radar Festival. Yes. I. What, what is that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new progressive metal festival in Guildford. I thought you were going to ask me another question, but Merlin's weirdly drinking water out of a mug and it's really disconcerting. <laughs> I don't know why you got a problem with this. Because water should be out of a glass. It's really weird. Water is where you can drink it from. Okay. Not everyone in the world has access to, to nice glasses. Oh, no, it's true. think of that? But we have, we have in the cupboard. Yeah, we so do. I went to Radar. This is super exciting. It's the first time they've held this event. And it's basically like a sort of Southern-based inside progressive metal festival. It's a little bit like tech fest but kind of slightly more on the progressive side of things i loves her prog <laughs> so yeah it was quite um it's quite cool it was pretty close to get to for me from london and i think it's pretty well connected but the venue was really interesting it is an ex go on <laughs> <laughs> now you asked me a question so I, I mistimed my poor i mistimed that with the pause then my bad <laughs> it's an ex casino and strip club so it was really strange. Um, I walked up to it and they had a poster on the side for an A-level results club night. So I think nowadays it probably has more general kind of Guildford club nights. But it, yeah, it used to be a casino and strip club. You walk in, there's like nine chandeliers hanging from the ceiling where the main stage was. And then you walk downstairs. And at one point I was like, why is there a weird circle of lights on the ceiling? And then realized that's probably where the strippers were. And there's mirrors. <laughs> There's mirrors everywhere, like sex mirrors. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's just a random place to have a metal festival, basically. But it was interesting. And it's about 1,500 capacity. And it was pretty packed most of the weekend, which is really great because it's the first time they've done it. A lot of people I had to just double to check this. I think I might have been in this venue. Not for what it was previously, <laughs> I hasten to add. <laughs> <laughs> or I think I might have been around it or something because it really started ringing a bell when you said a converted strip bar. Yeah. I think they might have done other club nights or something there. Or I might have even seen a band in there as well. Sorry, it just, it just suddenly popped into my brain when you said that. But it was on. cool. Like They thought it out really well. So you went in and they had a main room where they had the main stage, stage one. And they had like a bar area and um you know lots of places you could watch and then you go outside and there's an outside area with some food you go down the stairs there was a second room and around a corner from there there was a merch area and another little bit to sit outside and so they clearly thought about how to lay it out what everybody needed the fact that people needed to eat and drink and all that and they thought out the lineup really well as well there was a mixture of tech metal progressive metal 
um, instrumental stuff. There are quite a lot of instrumental bands, which you don't get very often. So it's not particularly my thing, but to have all those bands celebrated in one place was really nice. Cool. Um, and it really felt like that was kind of a flow to the way the bands came on and who was coming after who and that kind of thing. Um, so that was all great. It was fucking hot. There was no air conditioning in this club. So you had 1,500 people inside sweating, which was quite hard going. Um, and the sound was also a bit hit and miss. So I know that I'm quite sensitive to sound anyway, but I could see some people in the main room kind of pushing their earplugs into their ears at some point. And downstairs, the sound desk in the second room was on top of some fridges at the back of the bar. So I'm not sure if the club had been traditionally set up to have bands play. That might be why. So some of that was a little bit... Yeah, most strip clubs aren't built for progressive <laughs> metal bands. Weird that. Some of that was a little bit hit and miss. So yeah, not loving the heat or some of the sound but there was a really good atmosphere just the fact that a lot of people had sort of taken friday off work and then saturday kind of filled up a bit with people who were on the weekends and it's so good to just be at an event where this community exists and everybody was really chill and just wanted to have a good time so they were great plus points um do you want to talk about the band should i have a little chat about that sure yeah That's what people most want to hear about probably who was the best probably want to hear about some bands i'm just going to pick out a few of the metal bands um I'm going to write about this for Prog, so if you like Prog, go over there and read that at some point. Uh, metal bands, they had loads on stage one on the Friday, which we've had in Hammer before. <coughs> Excuse me. They were really good, like really high energy, like harsh, down-tuned, just kind of down-tuned filth, really. I think more people should get into Loathe, so go and listen to Loathe. Uh, I think there are uh, people, including myself, to be honest, when they were first getting mentioned around the scene, a lot of people kind of presume they're a bit more techie, than no. they are because they do end up on a lot of these kind of bills they do actually and it's one of those things where you kind of watch them and i don't want to say it's like code orange because it's not really like code orange but i feel like they should be in that kind of bracket in a sense more than a tech metal bracket or a progressive metal bracket because they just kind of come on and it's like chaotic like i said it's really high energy just kind of chaotic high energy stuff that's just great it's just it is metal and it is like low end and you know it's just you get kind of caught up in it because you're just like what the fuck is going on in front of me like in the same way it's code orange where it's kind of just so much going on at once um and it's just good yeah so that was good one me over mate <laughs> uneven structure on the main stage as well french tech metal band uh, you know again we've had them in hammer yeah, they're, a cool band. they're a cool band they had a bassist down so they had a backing track but they still sounded really good um again just like the quality of the bands who were there just really good bands you know obviously technical metal bands and progressive metal bands you know they can play their instruments and play them really well yeah. but it's just great to see people actually doing it and all these bands together um seymour on stage two the small room they got a really warm welcome um they're just really well poised band and they just play like they know what they're doing they're from london i think they made some kind of comment about playing in guildford before many years ago and they've kind of been a bit of a sort of a slow build um you know sort of doing things from the bottom up and they've really built a reputation now and i'm really excited to see what they do next because i think they've got music coming up soon at some point Harvick Howard on the main stage Khan is really really the boys. good I hadn't seen Khan as frontman before no, I've, I I've never their seen him with Khan because they were the underworld and I missed them there he's really good like he really knows how to work a crowd um, that was straight up just 
great. They had a 10 minute break at one point because of technical difficulties. So that was kind of a bit of a pain. Uh, but they came back out and um, again, the crowd was really sympathetic to that kind of thing. So, yeah. Again, excited to see them more. Are you laughing at me? No, no, I'm not. I'm just you thinking because I was thinking like I was trying to imagine a situation where someone has technical difficulties and they come back on that and everyone goes, "No, you've had your chance now. Fuck <laughs> off. Too late. Should have sort your backline out before you get on that stage." <laughs> I guess I kind of meant like. No, I know what you, you mean. Know, that, yeah. Just that it it's didn't, a nice vibe. It didn't ruin the atmosphere. Yeah, they were just. It was great. Oh, they had a secret act as well on Friday, which was Black Futures, oh, and I okay. and I've always been kind of like not sure where black futures fit because they played my mind's gone completely blank now they played the festival we went to in london recently that we what me and you yeah London. <laughs> where bring me played what all points oh east. all points east yeah yeah they so played glastonbury as well yeah so they're kind of going around doing the circuit and the music's kind of cool but it feels like it doesn't really fit particularly in like the metal sphere i'm not sure it fits in the progressive metal sphere and people were kind of curious about the secret act but people just kind of cleared out the room really there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm for it so i think they've got a cool concept they had the guys in hazmat suits come on again and they had like lyric boards and things they got a cool concept but i'm just not really sure still where it fits and where it lands it's a bit of a weird one really with them uh monuments on the main stage they were amazing i forgot how good monuments were and they had a new singer as well i think he's a temporary singer i'm not sure if he's actually being kind of like officially sworn into the band but there's a guy called andy Cezak. not sure if that's how you pronounce his name sorry if that's wrong and he's just incredible like his cleans to his uncleans and the way that he was getting everyone worked up again and just the switch between the vocals was absolutely on point i'm not sure about the background i know he's from another band and i think he's put a lot of stuff up on youtube and they've been so lucky i would say to find him to come in and do a big show like that because he was fucking amazing i think wow. he just blew everybody away so I, I hope that's a permanent thing i think they'll do really well if he is mm. it was just yeah i'd forgotten like i said i've kind of forgotten how good they were and with him they were great so. kind of from that like first I, I don't know if you count them as gen but kind of first post-gen explosion it was mean, like yeah. them the safety fire all those kind of bands back in the day remember that yeah yeah and obviously classic um, times <laughs> You always say classic. Every I'm day. offering really unhelpful, like <laughs> extra insights into a gig I wasn't even at. Sorry, <laughs> just gonna shout now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Safety Fire aren't with us anymore. I don't think are they? But um, no. the singer went into the other band that I like, who I went to review in New York. Who Good Tiger? Yeah, Good Tiger. Um, so you know, there's people around from that era still. But yeah, Monuments. Andy was great. Amazing, really good. Shout out him. So Any yeah. other highlights in particular? Oh, I'm going to talk about Saturday really quickly and I know you want to move on so I'm just going to go through it really quickly. Don't say that, you can talk about it, it's fine. I know you want to move on because I can see your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about it as long as you want. I just want to, you know, I'm I planning just, ahead, was, all right? It was a good time. So I'm producing just, this fucking thing. I'm just going to do a little bit of Saturday. So Vola on stage one. I love Vola. They are incredible. If you've not heard Vola, go out and listen to them. They had a record out last year called Applause of a Distant Crowd. Um, they're from Denmark and on the Saturday when they came on it kind of felt like the grown-ups coming on there'd been some great bands like in the smaller room and stuff but they came on and it's like this is a great band they know what they're doing uh, they've got so many bangers honestly so many like catchy songs they're just a really catchy progressive metal band they got a really catchy song called Stray the Skies which is probably my favorite one I had to duck out for a little bit in the middle of that because 
I have tinnitus and it was like a little bit much at one point um which was a shame because I was outside in the smoking slash food area going this is my favorite song (laughs) so that made me really (laughs) sad um but yeah great and really well received as well and they're just so good and I think we're just going to see them doing bigger and bigger venues which I hope they will do and I will watch the whole set and not cry uh Valis Blades on stage two um, they're kind of sort of like a, this is a good lineup, isn't it? There's a lot it's of really, really good. like again for your first event young, decent, and well established uh, bands from that scene. Yeah, so Valis Ablaze are sort of like a little mini kind of tesseract, and they are probably like um, one of the catchiest bands of the day if you're into that, which I am. They did some synchronized headbanging, which was nice, and <laughs> everybody had a lovely time. Um, Kadinja on that stage as well, progressive metal from Paris. Um, again it was just a shame in a way because one and a half thousand people trying to get in a room for a couple of hundred people the maths doesn't work mm. <laughs> it was so hot and everyone was literally squashed against each other um, and even the bar staff they had to like sort of go under a hole in the bar to get into it it was just tiny and they were just really really big um, and loud and there's five of them they could barely fit on the stage but again really good Roller Tomasi on stage one crushed it fucking love Roller Tomasi um, again, I had to step out just for a couple of songs because um, it was quite overwhelming sound-wise. Um, but they're just, I think they're just going again from strength to strength. And nice to have a showcase again of um, homegrown bands like UK talent playing UK venues, UK festivals. That's like a really awesome thing. Uh, Agent Sweet. Fresco, they were my favourites of the weekends. They played on the main stage. And um, again, amazing band from Iceland. They had technical difficulties. You could tell they were quite annoyed by it. But their singer, Arna Dan, he's like the nicest man in the universe. And he was like, oh, we've got some problems, but I'm here. I've got like my shirt on. He had this kind of like Hawaiian shirt. I've got my dancing shoes on. We're going to have a really good time. And he's a great front man and really got everyone whipped up. But again, they've got so many bangers. I know... Maybe you find that strange, Merlin, for me to say that about progressive metal, but they've got a lot of bangers. Not at all. A lot of bangers. I don't own, I don't own the term bangers, it's fine. <laughs> and Disperse as you please. They played a song from their next record, album three, they're working on at the moment. That sounded really good. So I was very excited about that. And like I said, Arno Dan is just a really nice man and he sort of talks a bit about one of the songs that was written from his mum's point of view about his dad dying from cancer. So that was quite a heavy moment. But it was also just like loads of fun in the way they were playing. And he always goes to the back of the venue for the final song as well. I saw them in Manchester like a few months back and he climbed up the balcony bit. And it was really funny because he came through the crowd and like smiling and interacting with everybody and like really happy. And then he reached the back of the venue where there was a balcony, but it was basically another floor, almost like a sort of mezzanine that's closed off. And he just kind of looked at it and went yeah it's too dangerous <laughs> and didn't climb it which was a really wise decision but it's awesome how he always comes through the crowd at the end he really has a way of connecting with people that you don't always get in bands and especially bands that are grouped in with a more technical scene although I argue they kind of stand on their own in a bit of a scene of one but it was just brilliant um really really good and it was also nice it's a weird saying something like this, but I was saying to you earlier, it was nice to see how many women were there because you don't, again, Progressive Metal Festival, 
don't always get a huge amount of women at these kinds of things, but there were loads of women there and a younger crowd. And I was really excited about that. And the organizers had put sanitary products in the toilets. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm at a progressive metal festival where somebody has thought that women might actually want to attend and see some music. So that was really good. That's tops. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing about the festival, which is not related to the festival at all. I had my first Raspberry Magnum. That was great as well. Because if just for my, you know, people listening. <laughs> they didn't pay her for to say that, I should add. <laughs> people, people listening who like to hear about my ice cream adventures. Yes. Wow. We had so many comments after the exactly. last podcast. Yeah, about probably the most commented thing we've ever done. Exactly. So that's good. More ice cream, it has, please. It has raspberry ice cream with a layer of like raspberry jelly on top of it, which is literally the best thing ever. So that was great. But yeah, Radar Festival, um, it was really great. First event, brilliant crowd, fantastic lineup, great venue layout. It's just, I hope they can get some air conditioning and sort out the sound stuff. But apart from that, it was, yeah, great, brilliant event. Brilliant. Let's go again. Hell yeah. That's Radar Festival. Look out for uh, more from them in the future. Uh, loads of big stuff going on in the world of metal this week. Uh, what are we saying about the new Slipknot song? I'm really excited about it. And I, <laughs> I know I can't, I keep saying the same phrase. I'm really excited about it. And no, I'm no, just, it's good. But I am. Like, there was, I there was a help. pause there where I was like, she's not fucking heard it. But I can't help being really excited. And I got on Twitter and I was like, oh, oh, I'm really excited about the Slipknot album. And then somebody just tweeted back saying something like, oh, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, well, that's. Whatever. And I was like, it's just, uh, oh, yeah. He said, uh, this guy said, it's called Metal Palettes. He said, I think it's going to be a huge disappointment. I was like, thanks for killing my joy. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I really can't wait. Everything I've heard off this record, um, I've really, really enjoyed. And I think it's kind of cool. They're experimenting with a few different sounds and a few different vibes. And yeah, but they still sound like Slipknot. But there's a few, as you like to say, there's a few left turns. Yes. I've, I just It's just the riffs on it. The song's called, um, oh God, I just looked at it and I forgot again. No! You prick. Birth, Birth of, of something. Birth of the Cruel, that's it. Yeah, so the song's <laughs> called Birth of the Cruel and um, I love the way, uh, you know, the first one, not not counting um, the, the standalone, the first one we got was Unsainted and that was very much a big, anthemic, catchy, this is going to get sung along a festival's number. Then we had Solway First, which was just like brutally heavy and relentlessly riff heavy and like threw something different at you like every 10 seconds it felt like on that track. Um, and this one is more... I'd say almost like a more restrained uh, Slipknot song. Like it really knows when to pull its punches and when to land them. And when it lands them, it lands them so fucking hard. I love that kind of eerie industrialized drum loop at the start of it. Mm. The, there's a bit of an unsettling vibe going on. Corey's vocals sounding really strange and eerie and a bit off the, bit off his usual um, kind of vocal patterns. Um, but then when the riffs come, oh my God, the riffs are, that are coming off this Slipknot album are amazing. Um, like the breakdown on this one about three minutes in is I said it in a little piece I did for the site. It's one of the most savagely heavy things they've done because it's so simplistic. It's just a few notes just done in like really fucking low down tuned, heavy kind of almost like machine heady kind of groove to it. Um, I think it's great. Um, I don't know why I'm pretending. I've heard the album and it's really good. So <laughs> basically come for the unsettling vibes, stay for the riffs. Exactly. And yeah, um, uh, I finally heard the album at the start of um, last week. And um, if you like what you've heard so far on this album, you're going to really fucking like this album because there is a lot going on there and it feels more expansive. No, I wouldn't say it feels more expansive. It feels 
it still feels like they're moving forward, but I think it feels more like a tighter, fully conceived album. Whereas to me, the Grey Chapter was um, a bit of a mixed bag full of some genuinely great moments, but didn't flow very well for me. I think this album is a lot more in the zone and I'm really excited to see how everyone reacts to it. Why I haven't had an, I haven't had long enough with it yet to give like the full Why do you think it is? Do you think it's because of Jim coming out of Stone Sour and devoting more time to Slipknot? Do you think it's just because Slipknot have changed and are kind of different in 2019? Like, what do you think has made it stronger? I mean, I think it's a few things. I think they've got a point to prove um, and I think they know it. Uh, you know, the Grey Chapter was pretty well received, but um, and Devil and I in particular was a massive single for them and I, I hope that stays in their sets forever because it's a great song. But... I kind of feel like, you know, a few more years have passed and people aren't, you know, people move on. There's a there's a generation of young, really hungry and decent bands out there now that are doing really exciting, really heavy things as well. Um, so, you know, some of the old guard have to, turn, well, I don't want to say cool slit, not the old guard. They're very much a modern metal band, but some of the older guard uh, have to kind of turn around and um, show people that they still know what's up. And I think... People are really excited about Slipknot again after their recent performances across Europe. And I know they're, they're over in the US at the moment, but Corey sounded amazing again on stage. They sounded heavy, they sounded urgent. And that seems to be uh, reflected in the songs as well, because it's not just like heavy for the sake of heavy. When they released All Out Life, I kind of thought, you know, this is a good Slipknot track, but it's very much a whistle and we're being heavy again, brr, 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 mm. kind of song. And the album's not like that. And even the songs they've released show they're not like that. They know when to slow it down. They know when to experiment a little bit. There's some w really weird kind of instrumentally bits on there, which are really cool. Um, I just think they're a more cohesive unit than they were a few years ago. And, um, you know, V-Man and Jay are really settled into the band now. And they know that they they know that they um, have got to plant, plant their flag again. I think, and I think they're doing it. The, the songs they've released are fantastic, and I think the album is very reflective of what they've released so far. It's a bit more nuanced, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. But who is Tortilla Man? Who is Tortilla Man? We will never know. We will never. We probably know. will one day, but we don't right now. We don't know. But yeah. Uh, oh man, it just feels so good to be excited about Slipknot still after all these years. You know what I mean? Definitely. I'm uh, yeah, I just can't wait to just for it to come out and just crank it up and just go, ah Yeah. It is good. Get and if you want to goats. read the full review and get yourself even more psyched than my pathetic, measly thirty seconds <laughs> kind of a little version there, um, go check out Adam Reese's review on the Metal Hammer website right now because he goes into a lot more depth on the full thing. It is very, very good. You should be excited. Said not back. There was something actually that people kept doing at Radar Festival, which apparently comes from Tech Festival, and I've missed the last couple of Tech Fests um, the last couple of years, so I didn't realise it was a thing. And literally, it was happening the whole weekend, and everyone was going, "Woo!" And then the bands, like some of the bands, were like, "What is this?" And some of them were joining in between songs and going, "Woo!" So like, "Woo!" No, it's like a "Woo!" It's like a weird sort of "Woo" and a wolf howl mixed together. A woo. Oh, we were doing I don't that. Know. We were doing that at Incineration, though. Wait, is it a thing? I'm gonna no, hold just on me a minute. And my friend who does go to Tech Fest. Oh, so, okay, maybe. Like, and that. I've been to Tech Fest quite a few times. What? So you're saying one person will go woo, and then loads of people start going woo, woo, yeah, woo. Yeah, but it's like a certain noise. It's like woo. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
uh, put a little theory out here. I'm pretty sure that's a wrestling thing. I don't know. Because I'm it comes from... I'm pretty sure that you just heard my friend Sarah doing it. No, everyone was doing it. <laughs> and the reason why it just came to mind there was because we were just talking about Radar and then I thought about being excited about Slipknot and I almost just did a woo. I'm pretty sure that's a Ric Flair thing that's <laughs> carried know. over into... Well, I do. <laughs> I just got Well, I don't, do I? I like, but, what is going on? But uh, I would be very surprised if that hasn't come from because if you go to wrestling shows everyone woos because it was a Ric Flair catchphrase and I'd be very surprised if as we know lots of metalheads like wrestling if some of them have maybe transferred that over seamlessly all I know so is now it's become it a metal thing over and over and over again and I was like I don't know what's going on that's my theory I think it's a good theory or maybe someone who's even more into the tech scene than Ella's which isn't very many people can turn around and yeah, say but I, I turn around and like prove me talking I've shit the last couple of tech fests so i'm like i don't know what's going on now well maybe i filled in the blanks maybe someone from tesseract is a massive wrestling fan and they they just made everyone else get into it i don't know where i'm going with that yeah because they've not played the tech fest for a couple of years that's the last time I okay went. my theory falls flat <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just want everyone to get into wrestling so i'm probably talking shit that's my theory though tech metal fans love wrestling what else is happening then? Another big news, more big news. Yeah, Tool are going to release the title track of Fear Inoculum this week. Wow! And uh, yeah. they've unveiled the cover art. They have. Which you can check out at metalhammer.com right now. Are we excited for Tool? It's getting closer. Yes, I'm excited. I still feel like right at the last minute they're going to go, ah, oh, now fuck it, we're delaying it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could and people will still would not lose interest because this is big. This has been years in the making. Um, it's. I think it's just going to sound like it's been years in the making. It's going to sound like something that's taken years and years and years and that they've obsessed over every detail of. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I th- I, I'm fascinated to see how it's perceived and uh, how it's received. I mean, it's what I probably mean to say. Yeah, the reaction, um, you know, because people are just like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be shit? And you just know there's going to be... Sp- fans or are going to be split down those two camps you're just going to get loads of people online going it's the best thing ever and loads of people going oh shit i hate it like that's literally the way the internet works so it's going to polarize opinion no matter what i'm sure it is, it is. and they wouldn't want it any other way i bet don't forget to stay tuned to metalhammer.com for all the latest tool news it's all kicking off and speaking of which, some for the old school metalheads uh merciful fate of bringing back their classic lineup this is exciting uh king diamond et al We'll be playing a special early day set, um, mainly drawing tracks from Melissa and Don't Break the Oath. I think they're mixing in some new tracks there as well. At a Copenhagen Festival next year. Your favourite place, Alice? Yeah! <laughs> I think I saw Merciful Fate Can't on wait. the Wacken bill as well. I yes, think. I think they have I didn't been make added up, to Wacken, yeah. Cool, yeah. Wacken announced their, they've just finished literally this last weekend mm-hmm. and now they've announced 2020 dates and a couple of bands playing and they've sold out already. So, yeah. Metalheads don't fuck about uh so yeah the lineup is going to be featuring king diamond of course uh hank sherman bianti holm mike weeds i don't know if that's how you pronounce it sorry and jerry vera on bass uh very very exciting stuff um i would go watch that love a bit of merciful fate what else is going on corner got some shit going on ah Mm -hmm. i keep screaming i'm sorry (laughs) 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 what have corn been doing another new single go on cold I, I was thinking I today. Cold what? Like, I was thinking today, so many bands have a song called Cold. I mean, there's a few, yeah. Static no, there's like, there's like loads. I was putting t- together a Cold playlist, which. Name another one apart from Static X. 
Um, Lacuna Coil have one. There you go. Good, yeah. Um, Three. And Three bones. I, there, there are definitely more, but I cannot think of them <laughs> off the top of my head. Mm. I could go through the playlist I was making, and there's definitely at least three others. Um, yeah, there's it's very, for a song. very, very many. This very is good. literally like the best year. I'm so, no. so hyped for Corn. So hyped. That Alice in Chains album come out this year as well. Was that last no, year? It was last, last year. year. Oh, okay, Radio cool. Fog. Fair enough. Yeah, I, oh, I'm so happy Corn yeah. are back. I've made Very no secret well. of the fact that I'm a big Corn fan, so the nothing. Have you listened to the, the new song? Yes. Do you like it? Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I interrupted your very important plug there. Please carry on. No, I was just saying it's out in September. It's called The Nothing. September 13th. Be a Roadrunner record, yes. I think. They're on Roadrunner? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's say yes. <laughs> Please don't sue us if we got that wrong. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's out in September. Maybe I'll just take a day off and just listen to it all day. It's such a big year for metal, isn't it? My God. I know. Slipknot album, Tool album, Corn album, Ramstein album, um, massive Metallica tour, massive Ramstein tour, just, you know, huge download Can I just lineup. Say as well, like, big Bloodstock lineup, which we'll get into in a sec. Apart from those bands, like, there's so many other good albums. Like, you were just talking about the Swallow the Sun album. I was, I was tweeting Incredible. about that. Brilliant yeah, album. Me and Alice saw them early this year mm-hmm. um there are my ones to watch at bloodstock. bloodstock yeah and what a fantastic band and that album obviously is sort of based on some quite tragic personal stuff um wow what an album and i was so just listening great. to all i've been doing like this week as well all i've been doing for the last few weeks is listening to the north lane album alien which is incredibly emotionally heavy as well but fantastic there's so many good records out this year so much stuff going on and having just talked about swallow the sun shall we uh so we seamlessly slide into the our big preview of bloodstock let's seamlessly slide it's gonna be unbelievable um massive lineup again this year some you know some controversial choices to play some kind of uh ironclad obvious ones as well i think there's a lot of bands with something to prove at bloodstock this year um I guess we should just take it as it comes, really. Thursday is going to look good. I mean, Rotten Christ playing the Sophie stage on Thursday. That's massive, isn't it? Uh, Wow. I think that's... um, A lot of people do go to Bloodstock on the Thursday, and obviously, you know, the Thursday has a bit of a half day, a few smaller bands playing and stuff. Rotten Christ is like... I mean, that's probably my favourite pure metal album that's come out this year. Can I just say as well, for anyone who's not listened to Rotten Christ, I had just ignored it because I thought it'd be too extreme for me, just literally on the name which was really judgmental and the record <laughs> is fantastic and the music they produce is fantastic and it's just lush and melodic and I just thought it was going to be some sort of extreme Satan thing I couldn't be bothered with and I had it completely wrong because I'd never taken the time to listen to them or find out about them and I'm really glad I did. So Fuck yeah. Yeah, they're a brilliant, brilliant bands and one of the bands that have always been vital part of the black metal scene but kind of think, keep on expanding their sound and keep on getting better with it, I think. So if you are mm. at Bloodstock on Thursday, do not miss Rotten Christ. That'll be one of the sets of the weekend for sure. Um, Friday, uh, we should just get stuck into the big stuff first of all, I think. Um, the cheesiest uh, run-in to a day at a festival of all time, surely. Powerwolf into Sabaton on the main stage, on the Ronnie James Dio like stage on Friday. I'd like to see them do a song together. Can it's you going imagine? To be, it's just going to be ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely Can you ridiculous. If they collaborated on something that was to do with religion and war and power metal and wolves. I would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> 
evil Catholics going to war with like Nazis or something. Something like that, yeah. I'd love a bit of that. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Sabaton then. Uh, obviously, a lot of the attention is on Parkway this year, uh, which we'll get into in a bit. But I feel like Sabaton has some stuff to prove as well because they, I think they're widely accepted as a good Bloodstock headliner. They're a big band. Um, they're like an arena-sized band now across Europe. Um, mm. But I kind of feel like there, there hasn't been much attention shone on the fact that they're doing this. This is a big deal for them. And this is a big, you know, it's, it's their chance to make a real statement about what we can expect from Sabaton moving forward. Yeah, it's just going to be bigger, isn't it? Because we saw, I'm pretty sure we saw Sabaton together like a few years back at Bloodstock. And they were, I think, we did, yeah. there were a few bands down on the bill, but not, a, there were sort of sub-headliner, I don't know, Ish. number four or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they just brought their tank out and played it like it was a headline set. I remember they had like a really good production and like amazing lights and things then. So now I'm thinking, what are they going to do to step that up to headline? And they're obviously going to bring a tank back again. They're going to have all the Bigger lights and tank. production. Are they going to have some kind of like firework explosions? Are they going to have like, what are they going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for it. I think the new album's great. It's my favourite album they've done for a good, um, you know, good few years or so. Um, it's just, it, I mean, all their music's dramatic, but the new album, the new album's super dramatic. The I love that they just so over the top. I love that they don't hold back. Yeah, no, I love that they're like, oh, should we put like some more choral vocals on this or like modulate or something? And they're like, yeah, let's just do that right now. Let's just throw the kitchen sink of power metal at this song. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be massive and I'm really excited to see the crowd they draw. I'm excited to see how they're received. I'm excited to see the implications of it moving forward. Um, you know, Sabaton aren't a band that I could see ever headlining downloads because I just don't mm. think downloads ready for a pure power metal headliner. Feels a bit niche. Yeah, but you never know, man. You never know what uh, what one set can do. One set could change the world, man. Imagine if they just go like full Ramstein, but for war. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? They just get that reputation for being a band that you had to see, even if you weren't a power metal fan, because yeah, exactly. it would be such an amazing spectacle. Like, you never know. Um, power Wolf as well. I mean, I don't, I, I've got no idea what kind of crowd they're going to pull, because I know they're a big band and they're well established. And them before Sabaton is a brilliant booking if you like cheesy power metal. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know, sub headliner, that's a big, that's a big spot, you know? I hope they bring that ramp where the keyboardist slides oh, yeah, around. Yeah, the, keyboard, the keyboardist loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a moving keyboard and there's kind of a ramp and he sort of slides around on the ramp. Falk Maria, is that his name? Possibly. He's basically the MVP of that band. He is, yeah, he really is. So that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, if you if you like Sabaton and you haven't heard Powerwolf, which is possibly unlikely, but definitely go see Powerwolf as well because it will get you right in the mood. Tesseract there from top, that's a big set for them. Yeah. And also strange strange to people <laughs> metal in a sense like it's definitely they definitely stick out vibe. on this main stage bill don't they because mm. the rest of this bill is metal as fuck yeah but they totally deserve to be up there i'd love to see them even higher because they consistently prove that they are a fantastic live band and they're really thinking about their production at the moment as well and they are just so slick and so brilliant you know if you've ever seen them you'll know so i think if people haven't seen them before, I think they're going to get a real treat at Bloodstock. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them 100%. I think people take Tesseract for granted because they've been around the while now and they're not, uh, you know, they're not like a cool band to stand behind, but um, they are one of the biggest British metal bands of the last 20 years. 
It's as simple as that. Like, not that many other British metal bands play the venues they do and can command the kind of spots and festivals that they can. They've led a whole entire scene as well. Yeah, exactly. We were literally just talking about a progressive metal festival and... The, exactly. You know, if you want to talk yeah, festival like Radar won't exist, wouldn't have existed without Tesseract. They spearheaded the whole thing and opened the door for all these people to come through and play all this kind of tech metal. And yeah, it's crazy when you kind of look back at the legacy that they've left behind them, like the people they've inspired, and they've kind of moved beyond that into just a good heavy band nowadays. And they're just fantastic to watch. Um, you know, yep. not only are they technically competent, they're just cool to watch and they just create this whole atmosphere and they've got a really strong back catalogue now yeah absolutely um and then before tesseract come on you've got kind of a double bill of like really reliably much beloved veteran metal bands you've got children of bodom and soulfly mm. um i mean these are the kind of bands that you see on a bloodstock bill and you think yep, yep. they're on bloodstock they um, that's where they should be that'll be good um but they're also the kind of bands that could turn around and steal the day if they if they if they fancy it you know oh, I, mean? I always remember seeing Soulfly like when they had formed and I just got into metal and I hadn't seen Sepultura and didn't know too much about it at that point. And I was like, Soulfly are amazing. Yeah. Because they got loads of good songs as well. Like going loads back. and loads. The last Soulfly album was sweet as well. Yeah. Really good. Uh, yeah, Children of Bodom as well. Um, obviously, very different Soulfly, more in the kind of melodic power metal influenced death metal vein, I guess. They're sort of like but a Bloodstock um, staple in a sense yeah. as well. Yeah, Bloodstock royalty. Like, did they headline at one point? I, that's what I was just trying to think. I yeah, think they, they might did. have headlined many years ago. And I remember like them being quite drunk and it not being the greatest headline set. Um, so, you know, that must be quite kind of strange to come back to a festival and not be headlining. But they've still got a good billing up there and there's going to be a ton of people that still want to see them and enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then you've got like, I mean, just more big heavy metal and thrash metal hits coming. Metal Church, Death Angel will be great if you're mm -hmm. a big thrash fan. Uh, thrash again with Zentrix. That's a cool story. What's happened with them? And yeah. did we do that in the issue we've sent to press or is it out now? I, I can't, can't remember. remember. I was thinking that either uh, way, pick up Metal Hammer now or soon. If you pick, <laughs> up, if you pick up the new or, or next up. issue of Metal Hammer, you will read a really good feature about Zentrix, <laughs> basically. But yeah, a band that were uh, destined to be seen as the British answer to Metallica kind of all went wrong for them, went off the grid for a while. Now they're back with a very decent new album and playing the main stage at Bloodstock, so it'll be cool to see what happens with them. It's in the current issue, Merlin. Who are, what, out now? Yes, out Hooray, now. Hooray, go pick it up the right cover. now then. The go pick it up right Zentrix. now. It's yes. really good. It's a good. Um, and Insight as well, so another Cavalera. That's nice. Cavalera. Good for all them. All in the family. All in the family. Uh, let's look around the rest of the lineup on Friday. Uh, Grand Magus. Yeah, not a small, not a small bill on the mm -hmm. Sophie Lancaster stage. Grand Magus, heavy metal. God, Grand Magus or Sabaton? That's a lot of heavy metal heroism uh, going down. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they clash, but I'd be sad if they did. I'm not saying it's quite the same vibe, but it's you know, it's not it's not a million miles apart from each other. Uh, it's not. Yeah, I mean, I I know what you're getting at. It's like metal, metal. If you like metal. Here's some metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're comfortably the most heavy metal band on the bill this year, though, Grand Magus, and they're always great live, so that'd be cool. Raging Speedhorn, yep. who mm -hmm. I first saw uh, first on the bill at the uh, London Arena, the Docklands Arena, which is like, wherever it was, 12,000 people supporting Ramstein. 
That's just weird. It's like wow. as far as away as you can get from Ramstein, isn't it? Like, yeah. just a bunch of like lads just going mental with no show whatsoever. I first heard about them on that BBC programme where they went to like watch a metal fan go to a gig. Do you remember that? Nope. It was That's like a very... A, like... No, it was, like, <laughs> it was like some kind of BBC programme about like what metal is. And they sort of had this like fan on there. And I'm trying to Google it now, but I can't remember what it was. It was like a really weird thing. I promise I didn't make it up. I can't I believe it on you. the internet. But a, uh, an absolute staple of the uh, the British extreme scene. Um, really cool to see them doing Bloodstock and in a really decent spot as well. Um, I don't really know Countless Skies, I have to admit. Do you? They no. sound like a band you might know about. Mm, I don't, actually. I'm going to wager tech metal really, with that logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are... Progressive and darkly intense music Knew influenced it. by the Scandinavian Melodeath heroes. Oh, interesting. I might check that out. Me too. Uh, Sulfur playing as well. Um, Rob, who played, Rob Holiday, who played guitar with The Prodigy for years and Marilyn Manson. That's his band. It's kind of industrial metal. Uh, Charybdis. I don't know if I've said that right. Charybdis? I think it's Charybdis. Charybdis. Fucking awesome death metal band if you're into that kind of thing. Damnation's Hammer. I don't really know them. Uh, what else is on here? Yeah, that's some pretty cool stuff. Defcon 1. I see them getting mentioned quite a lot again. Good for them. Uh, so, yeah. Cool, cool stuff. And, of course, don't forget as well to uh, go and check out the Hobgoblin New Blood stage if you are um, wanting to check out some new bands at Bloodstock because um, there's wicked stuff across the weekend on that stage this year. The Hobgoblin New Blood stage has a band called Goat Monsoon and I feel really <laughs> sad that I've not heard about them Goat before. Monsoon? What <laughs> day is that? Goat Monsoon. Garage Fuzz Rock since 2012. Where's that? It's on the new bud stage on the Saturday. Oh well, you're skipping ahead now. Are we? Are we not gone Saturday yet? No, Al. Oh, no, sorry. Doing Saturday now. I'm <laughs> really excited because they're called Goat Monsoon. Goat Monsoon. I mean, that is one where they're just picking words out of a hat, isn't it? Goat Monsoon. Yeah, sure. You'd shit yourself if you're it. in a monsoon of goats. You die. It's <laughs> <laughs> drop on your head and kill you. Depends how big they are. Well, there's some big goats out there, mate. Um, right so yes Saturday 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 and uh, I think unquestionably the most the most controversial festival booking of the year that's fair to say isn't it yeah probably it's probably the one that people have like spent the most time talking about yeah Parkway we're talking Drive. of course about Parkway Drive headlining this prestigious Saturday night slot at Bloodstock, following in the footsteps of the likes of Trivium, Lamb of God, and Machine Head in terms of bands that people have not been too sure if they belong at Bloodstock or not mm. in a headline capacity. Unquestionably the one that have kicked up the most fuss though. Um, obviously we know they're going to be brilliant because they are one of the best live bands in metal right now. But do we think they have the capacity to actually win over a Bloodstock crowd? Yes. I.e., will this be a one-off or do you think they could actually come back and do it again if they're good enough and I'm well, gonna say, accepted enough? I'm going to say yes because I'm just going to go on previous experience of people I've spoken to who haven't really listened to Partway Drive and kind of ignored them and then listened to them when actually this is metal and I like it. And also for the fact that they have taken their cues from Ramstein in their live show. They have a lot of fire. They have a couple of sort of stunts they do, like where Winston throws like a Molotov cocktail type thing. Yeah, I love that So one. I kind of think like even if you're a massive cynic or you've never heard of them before, 
I definitely think your mind could be changed because it is undeniably metal, even if it's not the same kind of metal as Sabaton or Power Wolf or Soulfly, you know, it is heavy and it's gonna sound and look incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I know there's been a lot of mudslinging on both sides of this debate and um, we may have produced an unhelpful article or two um, having a, a, a harmless chuckle at some of the more vitriolic anti-Parkway people that are out there. Um, but you, obviously you don't have to like Parkway Jive. You can like whatever you want. Um, but I do hope that everyone gives them a good chance. And I and if people, some people come away from it thinking it's not for me and it kind of feels like it didn't quite fit in the grand scheme of things, that's fine. But I'd really like that. I'd really like them to properly pull this off. Me I think it'll be good. And I think they're the kind of band that really get what it means to be part of a community that's united by music and united by being a bit of an outsider being from an alternative culture and all the rest of it like parkway really understand what that's all about absolutely and, and they really gonna... want to unite people and they really want to for them it's not just about turning up and like going ah fuck you metalheads will come to ruin your festival yeah. like they want to be a part of it and they want to bring people together to in the name of just a big kick-ass heavy band playing a big show they're not adversarial they're not, like you said, they're not going to come on and be like, oh, you know, look at us, we're headlining a festival, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. They're not defensive, they're not adversarial, they're just really good at what they do and want to share music with people. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited for it and I promise you, if you're thinking about, if you're not too sure about Parkway, but you're thinking about giving them a go, go, go give them a go, just give them 20 minutes of your time and like, I promise at the very least you will come back from it thinking, my God, they are a really good live band. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. I, I'm really rooting for them and I'm excited for it. Um, and God, this whole, I think this is the strongest day. Is it fair to say? Yeah. There's loads going on on this main stage on this day. We've got Anthrax as main support. They will be nothing mm -hmm. less than excellent. Um, perfect and crowd that's for them. Really perfect slot for them. as well. Like, if you don't like Parkway Drive, then, you know, probably will like Anthrax. Yeah, totally. Um, and there's other stuff on other stages as well, of course, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, Anthrax and Cradle of Filth, like two massive prestigious metal bands, um, very much uh, loved by Bloodstock crowds. They'll both be great. Um, Code Orange dropping out was a bummer. Yeah. Because that really felt like it fit the Parkway day. It felt and like something fresh as well. Like yeah, something, else something a bit to different. Come in and... That said, I think the Wild Hearts will be absolutely fucking brilliant. So mm -hmm. that'd be good. Um, I think that's a quite a smart booking in the sense that they haven't just tried to go for a like for like they've gone for something that's still a little bit outside the usual Bloodstock remit but they're uh, always a brilliant live band and have a really good new album out now actually if people haven't heard it um, and then that kind of perfect late afternoon everyone's a few beers down party band I think that'd be very very good indeed um, Die Art is Murder is an interesting one I think do that you what because of the because I feel like they are a band that were the most hyped thing in Deathcore for years and then kind of became a part of the furniture a little bit. CJ left and then he came back and it kind of felt like oh, this still a thing. I think the new album's really, really strong though. And I'll be really interested to see if people still care about Thy Art like it felt like people did a while back. I mean, they got a great reaction with Parkway and Killswitch earlier in the year, to be honest, but this is a slightly different crowds overall i think mid-afternoon people are just going to be happy to have a good time and watch it i'm not really sure it's going to be kind of like a much of a contentious thing i think it'll be like some people will have gone to the stage to see it because they like thy art but there'll just generally be people around that just kind of park themselves at the stage and watching yeah. stuff so 
I think it'd be cool. I, I, I hope it will be um, a really good moment for them, basically. And they're coming that. on after Evil Scarecrow, which are basically a house band, aren't they? Yep. So they'll everyone will be hyped up at that point. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, Evil Scarecrow are, uh, yeah, you, you put it best out there. They're absolutely a, a um, Bloodstock uh, house band. Bloodstock house party band, basically. <laughs> Again, if you haven't seen Evil Scarecrow, I've got to be honest, musically, it's not really my thing, but... Uh, they do get, they'll probably get one of the biggest crowds of the whole weekend because oh, yeah. they are ridiculously fun live and you can't really argue with a band that manages to get an entire field full of people doing crab claws. So don't argue. I'm not, I'm not. I'm giving them their dues. <laughs> uh, before that, we just talked about Swallow the Sun. They're playing the main stage. Um, uh, yeah, their new album is absolutely beautiful. That song Firelight, that really tugs. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Absolutely good. When it, when really a shadow, the album's called "When a Shadow Is Forced Into the Light," and it is just yeah, it's absolutely sumptuously beautiful. Um, one of my favorite metal albums of the year for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, and and I've, I've I've liked them for a while actually, but um, this is my favorite thing they've done for a few albums now, and I'm really really looking forward to seeing them. Interesting to see how they do on the open air kind of vibe, very early yeah, in the day yeah, as well. Different. Um, but you know we'll see how that goes especially coming off the back of the motherfucking Cancer Bats the motherfucking Cancer I had completely (laughs) forgotten we're playing until I just checked back on this so that's going to be great I can't wait oh my goodness yeah so Cancer Bats um, one of those bands that maybe a lot of hardstore bloodstockers wouldn't have seen before because they're more from the hardcore scene but definitely go see Cancer Bats if you haven't before uh, just one of those bands that just don't do bad gigs. And I always feel like they just fit in with any lineup as well because even though musically they yeah, don't totally. align with every lineup, what they bring to the stage and like the commitment to touring and the energy they have on stage, again, is faultless. Fuck yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know Chrysler. Chrysler? We've had them in the mag. Oh, wow. Yep. Shows what I know. Eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> do, 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 do. This mobile site is a bit tricky to navigate as I look around it. Oh, Taka on the... Uh, I mean, yeah, if you're not bit into Parkway Alice. Drive and you want a kind of good metal alternative to Parkway Drive... Me. You want... Um, me. Can you not have a, con- <laughs> <Some What>? a <laughs> conversation in the background? We just got bored with listening to you. Yeah, fine. Well, you take this next one, Elle. You, you steer the narrative. No, I just said to Alice, it's a bit of her, Taka. It is. Are you into Taka? Yeah. I thought you were like well into them. No, I like them. They are good. But yeah, I was going to say was if you're not into Parkway Drive and you want a more metal alternative, go see the black metal majesty of Tarka on the Sofianica yep. stage instead. So there. Uh, Skeletal Remains as well. Metal as fuck. Very cool. Generation Kill. Uh, what else we've got going on here? Red's Method. I hear a lot of people talking about them at the moment. That's the band that... Um, is that the band that the AVD from The Defiled's in? Could be. Sounds I might be getting familiar, mixed up. But I don't know. I don't want to say without looking. And Lotus Eater <laughs> as well, who yeah. are a uh, very hotly tipped, very decent young heavy band um, and championed by Ollie Sykes. Although yeah. if you're at Bloodstock, that might not be the best thing to say. I'd also <laughs> recommend Hellheim. Oh, go on. They're like black metal, but very, very atmospheric. Um, so because okay. they're on a little bit later. What time are they on? It uh, looks like mid-afternoon kind of slot, maybe. Mm, yeah. So, and it'll be in the Sophie Sophie stage, so that'll be nice because I don't feel like outside in the light would be appropriate. But they're quite like a Viking metal 
bands i say viking metal but like not viking metal in the way of like a monomath yeah, 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 in the yeah. way of like you know inspired by the likes of bathory and that sort of stuff more sure. like black metal viking stuff well i've just downloaded that album on spotify off that recommendation so they're really good but yeah very atmospheric um awesome. so yeah I'd, I'd recommend them good recommendation uh let's go on to the sunday then uh oh my word where are we uh, there's also the jägermeister stage as well which i think has some cool acoustic bits on there if you're into that kind of thing that's happening all weekend too. is it acoustic i think it's usually loud is it yeah i might have just made that up then i think you made it up it's Shut usually the fuck just up, loud me? I, because sometimes it competes doesn't it with like what's on the other stage and you're like ah oh, uh, yeah you're right at the same time I might be getting mixed up with a slightly different festival in there smaller stage <laughs> yeah um, Sunday Scorpions uh, long long awaited booking at Budstock seen people asking for them for years so people will be very excited about that that'll be a big old sing along I've got to say Dimmu Borgir sub headlining on the Sunday night before, when people are getting ready for Scorpions I think oh I don't know how that's going to go yeah they're not. They're a bit hit and miss live these days. Although Alice was saying you really enjoyed them. I recently. really enjoyed them in Copenhagen, and I'm not a big fan of theirs. Um, I'm not into the sort of um, uh, that side of black metal with all the what's it called? <laughs> like lost my words. Like the symphonic black metal. Symphonic. Yeah. Yes, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of symphonic stuff. Um, but I think they're quite. Um, a lot of people like them. So even if you're not into black metal, um, they're quite a sort of, um, uh, I'm, I'm getting tired. It's the it's end accessible. of the day. It's accessible. That's exactly the word that I was thinking. It's melodic, yes, it's big, it, exactly. it's inclusive, it's quite grandiose. It's not something that you need a load of prior knowledge to understand. It's not something that you come to cold and feel like an outsider. It's yeah. just very... It's a bit more mainstream, isn't it? Exactly. And they do like have that whole satanic thing going on on the stage and it looks really cool. So I think it might work because um, it has that sort of like big end show, that big show thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's inclusive. Fair. It's inclusive. Yeah. Like what we're saying about Partway Drive. Like you can get drawn into it and enjoy it. Yes. All right. Uh, we've got Queensryche under them. Uh, which Queensryche is that? I should probably know. Um, but either way uh, some lots of heavy metal anthems there D. Snyder anyone that saw Twisted Sister headline in Bloodstock a few years back knows they will be awesome Elle's giving me a thumbs down because he said something a bit weird about women having maternal <laughs> instincts on Twitter which you know <laughs> fine he said women had base maternal instincts women don't have maternal instincts and that's why instincts. they don't go around murdering people <laughs> women don't have maternal instincts built no, into us I can't it's not say a I thing do. that happens it's literally not a thing so on that note don't go see him uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault Cancelled. he doesn't know he just doesn't understand he doesn't understand but on stage not excusing any dubious views necessarily um, I can't I'm not going to cancel him for having a no. view of something he doesn't understand but I did he just is just a kind to, of like oh bless I did reply to his tweet saying that. women don't have base maternal instincts because I feel like people need to know that's a thing that we don't have yeah exactly so there you go educating here on the podcast as well <laughs> but he is one of the greatest <laughs> front men of all time and uh, he was unbelievable with Twisted Sister a few years back Ooh, so um, yeah you should definitely go watch him Maybe don't listen to what he says. Um, 
Hypocrisy and soil work. Uh, hypocrisy are cool. Hypocrisy are cool. Soil work are cool. I love soil cool work. Oh my gosh, I love soil European work. European so metal bands smashing much. it on the main stage. Uh, Ross the Boss as well will be like good if you like that kind of thing, metal and all that. Um, Aborted will be badass. That should be really, really good if you're into your awesome death metal type shenanigans. All hail the Yeti. Uh, are there any ones that actually dress like Yetis or is that someone no, else? No, that's a different band. That's I know the one you're thinking of. You're thinking of the ones that dress like wolves, not yetis, but they're sort of white wolves. Okay. But it's not I them. think you're probably right. This is three <laughs> blokes. So are they actually good? Um, Do we know? I don't really know. That's fine. It says they sound like Acid Bath and I Hate God, so that's ooh, I've heard of... Ooh. Sludge. Yeah. I've heard of them before. Nice. You were thinking of Man on a Mission? My no, not the Japanese guys. You weren't. I was thinking of a bunch of dudes that actually dress like yetis that got big for about 10 seconds. Aww. But anyway, it's not them. It's a very cool sounding sludge <laughs> band by the sounds of it. So that'd be Do cool. Do you know what? Like going through some of these bands I haven't heard is just making me want to make a massive playlist, which we should definitely do. Let's uh, do it. It's in Let's progress. Why haven't I listened to Alice is already on it. on it. It feels like something I definitely should have heard. They are definitely getting added to the playlist. Yay. <laughs> Um, Sunday on the Sophie Lancaster stage headlined by Elevati they're very cool if people uh, haven't heard of that band um, they're kind of from the folk metal scene but they're a much heavier more groove metal take on folk metal I did a review of them years and years ago and like I said it sounded like if Machine Head came from the folk metal scene I don't know if that's still fair to say because it was a long time ago I wrote that but they're a bit heavier and a bit more urgent I would say than most of the hiddly diddly bands that come out of that <laughs> world um, I don't know who the Lazies are, but I see a lot of people that like classic rock talking about them. So I presume they're from that world, are they? Don't know. Don't know. But, yeah, I think they're sort of more like traditionally kind of rocky stuff. Mm. Australian guys who are just sort of like a, quite good timey. Cool. Um, I think it's just kind of like, you know, have a beer and have a laugh sort of thing. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nope. Um, other good picks from the Sophie Lancaster stage on Sunday. Wheel, you like them, don't you? Yes. They're very good. Oh, I didn't know they were playing. Yeah, sun- Sunday on the Sophie Lancaster stage. Oh, right? they'll be brilliant. Definitely go and watch them. They're kind of um, like Tool-esque, right? Yeah, but it's sort of like a rocky rocky kind of Tool. Um, again, just like very catchy and good. And Boss Keloid as well after them should go and watch them because they're also Yeah, Boss Keloid are cool and very hard to stick into a genre. Yeah. (laughs) All sorts of stuff going on. Uh, So yeah, that's all the kind of big stuff going on at Bloodstock this weekend. But don't forget, please do also go and check out the Hobgoblin New Blood stage um, when you can because there's loads of great young bands that are on there uh, that we play in this year. Always some really cool shit going on. Um, I that really stage as want well. to listen to Goat Monsoon. Goat Monsoon. That's your homework, everybody. Go listen to Goat Monsoon and then um, see him at Bloodstock. Yeah. Uh, let's smash through some questions, shall we? Most of them are Bloodstock related, which is good. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer Readers if you want to come hang out and ask us some questions for the magazine or the podcast. Alice, do you want to take the first one? Okay, so Ben asks if... Um, assuming the festival doesn't try to expand or go mainstream who could bloodstock book that would fit for 2020 for a headliner yes <laughs> well i, I think asked that question so really i can't believe we're already yeah. getting into <laughs> that's fine, it's fine though. we're getting we're already getting into 2020 <laughs> headliners here we haven't been to the new one yet 2020 that's 20 years after the new millennium ah <laughs> um <laughs> who could headline bloodstock then i think that's um ghost yeah, although they headlined fairly recently, didn't they? Mm. 
Mm. Although on that note, Merciful Fate would be banging Ooh, if they brought that to Bloodstock. Oh, yeah. That on a Friday night or something, that'd be good. I didn't think King Diamond was all that, to be honest, when he played, but I feel like with the full Merciful Fate lineup and playing that special set, that would feel really special. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's one of my picks. I don't know. Oh, God, who else? I'm trying to think of bands in that kind of... Do you know what would be interesting in terms of like curveballs like Parkway Drive and stuff and that kind of whole like yeah. bloodstock expanding thing? Like imagine if Deftones did it. Is it a step wow. too far? That would be awesome. And actually reminds me of a band that I picked to headline this year, last year, which would be Corn. Oh, yeah. And I think that would I'd love to probably a bit fit a bit so better than much. Deftones. But mm. I think I think a few people would moan about it, and then when it came down to it, it'll be fucking legendary. I'd love to see them do a headline festival slot. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I saw them do it in um, Chicago a couple of years ago, and it and it it just I don't know why, but it feels a bit. It just feels different, I guess, because it's dark and it's the main event, and everyone's yeah. more hyped for it. It just felt cool to see them doing that. I'd back that. Marilyn Manson was another one we talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. a while back for a potential Bloodstock headliner, that could be quite cool. Rob Zombie did it, didn't he? So yeah. I don't think that's a million miles away. Um, who else? They had Lamb of God in 2013. They could always come back. Yeah, I'd love to see them back. Same for Machine Head, actually. Maybe if Machine Head mm. brought the Burn My Eyes set. That'd be amazing. Machine Head, Corn, Merciful Fate. I'd oh, watch that. I'd go to that. <laughs> trying to think of a classic, classic Rocky kind of band you could throw in there in the vein of Scorpions, don't but know. I'm struggling, to be honest. Mm. You could have Abbott as well. Abbott, that'd be cool, yeah. Yeah. I'd love that. That'd be a Just good to look one. at his lovely little face and go, hey, look at you. <laughs> um, more Bloodstock questions. Uh, Matt Heeks asks, how important are the Sabaton and Parkway Drive sets this weekend in regard to the wider festival landscape? Out of them and Ghost, could they be the first Bloodstock headliners to go on to headline download? All have the stage shows to headline big festivals now. Will they ever outgrow Bloodstock? It's a good question. I kind of already said I don't feel like Sabaton could do it, but I definitely mm. think Partway Drive could. Yeah. Like because the last couple of records have been really strong and if they continue in that vein and continue developing that show and the more people hear about them that might have dismissed them out of hand first time around because they were more straight on metalcore, I think the more chance of them doing bigger and bigger places. I would love to see them headline download. It'd be so good. It'd be mad. Uh, to be honest, I would say out of the three of them, I would say Ghost would be the most likely purely because um, they haven't exactly done it instantly. I mean, it's been nearly a decade since the first album came out now, but it feels like Ghost have, they're such a hype band and I don't mean that in a bad way at all, but there's such a hype around them all the time. Whereas Parkway, I feel like are kind of reaping the rewards of like a slow and steady uh, climb yeah, up metals ranks. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like anyone has really been like, oh my God, Parkway Driver a thing, holy shit, in the way that people do it with Ghost. And I think you need a bit of that extra spark in your Yeah, they've got more thing um, to they've got more like brand recognition. I don't know yeah. why I said those mm. words. I know what but... you mean though. <laughs> I definitely know what you mean. Um but I mean I'd love it if both those bands could play. Yeah. Could do that. Um, I was going to say Architects then, but that's nothing to do with Bloodstock, so that's a different conversation. Soz. Soz, soz, soz. Matt Grimster asks, you guys have talked before about legendary download performances, i.e. Slipknot in 2009, but what's been your most legendary Bloodstock performance? Um, I've really enjoyed the ones where bands have turned up and proved people wrong. Like the first time Hate played was fucking great. Um, I'm swearing a lot today because I'm very enthusiastic, sorry. Um, I like a bit I of I thought swearing. that was really good. Um... 
the, to be honest, the most fun I've had uh, at Bloodstock was probably years and years ago. I think 2011, maybe, when um, Wasp headlined, <laughs> which is not the coolest name like drop ever for these kind of conversations. But it was the first time I'd seen them, and they were so so good. <laughs> um, and yeah, just got really drunk and had a wicked time with my mates watching Wasp, and I loved it. I don't know if it, that counts as legendary because. It's not really gone down that way, but I had a fantastic time. I'm going to go with Bloodbath when Michael Ackerfeld was. Oh, really? It was wow. so good, like hearing Eaton and stuff. And it was just, they just came through, came on stage, blasted through everything. Everyone was really hyped to see them. They were really good. They were like, obviously, really catchy, really groovy, like really funny. Um, it was great. I just loved that set so much. That's the immediate thing that stood out to me was seeing that. Because I, I don't know if I would have like, specifically gone to a bloodbath show or not at that time it's quite a long time ago but sure i was really excited to see them at the festival they just came out i just did it and i was like this is great i really really enjoyed slayer um the last time they played as well that was for me the first time i would seen them in a while um when was that 2016 i think so they hadn't announced they were breaking up at that point and it was the first time i'd seen them in a few years where i was like fuck they killed it today mm. um and i think that was a good catalyst for a lot of people being excited about them again um watain as well on the main stage a few years back was great so was behemoth when they did the main stage um yeah i love rob zombie in 2015 I missed that. I was too hungover. What? No way. Hang on a minute. You were too hungover, but it was like really late at night. I was was in my tent the entire day. Okay. I did not get it. I couldn't do it. Okay. I was like, oh my God, I hear him. I can't do it. You've got no one to blame but yourself, Alice. Well, whatever. I did, however, have a really good time at Down in 2014 down that was a great set yeah that was a really good set as well i forgot about that set that was so good yeah i think that was my favorite one like he- like headliner that was awesome one in bloodstock before phil went and ruined everything again yeah. like a fucking idiot Aww. sad times <sighs> yeah oh. rob zombie uh, i everybody had left apart from me and i was just like i'm staying to watch him on my own <laughs> i just had a really nice time i was so gutted that i missed that day i just <laughs> Well, oh dear well uh, oh dear. this is I remember seeing Conan in Sophie Lancaster Conan yeah they were good they were really good I remember that set that was decent yeah that was really good solid good band uh, Christopher Fletcher asks now we've had a few months with the new album how would you rank the Ramstein Studio albums I love it I love it I love it oh wait hang on all the albums I was talking about the new one yeah I love it how would you rank them not rate them oh are you going to make me put them in order well the new one's my favourite one what because ever it's, i just love it right now and if you love something right now then it blinds you to everything else so i don't really have <laughs> objective way of judging everything because i wow. just really love the new one sorry uh I, I really like the new one i think you like it a bit more than i do but I still it. i really like it i think it's awesome um my favorite thing they've done in a few years i would say but i would probably say oh, i'm gonna be honest and say i barely listen to hurts Light at all actually i oh, know that's got D. Rich So Good's on it and C-Man. I love that song so much. And that's probably the only songs I listen to off that album. So that goes last just out of me being lazy and not listening that far back. You also know the song Ramstein. Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) So yeah, there are some good songs on that, aren't there? I mean, Mutter is number one for me by a mile. I think it's one of the best metal albums of all time. That'll probably go first. I'd probably put Riser Riser second. Then maybe Sein Sucht third. 
and then maybe the new one and then Rosenrot. No, and then Lieber. Oh no, that's got some great songs on it as well. See, once you start looking into it, it's harder than you think. Right, Mutter is definitely... Mutter is winning the Premier League title. There's no doubt about it. And then the new one and Lieber, Riser Riser and Seinsucht are all fighting it out for Champions League plus Europa League places. This means nothing to me. <laughs> and then Herzlide and Rosenrot are kind of relegation dodgers. I'm just going to pick them all in five seconds and then regret my decision later. Are you Do ready? It. Okay. My favourite one is the new one. Uh, my next Can't one is Mutter. My next one is Riser Riser. My next one is Lieber. My next one is... Sensucht. Then Herzlide, then Rosenrot. I think that's all of them. All righty. We kind of agreed that on, was this, hard on the arse though, end there. And I'm not sure. But I love the new one so much. It's definitely one of my albums of the year. Wow. Should um, we even bother asking Alice to write No. <laughs> Brilliant. No point. <laughs> well, you can, you can ask this next question then, Alice. Okay. It's long, and I'm testing you. Oh. <laughs> so, um, Chris Lloyd asks Sleep Token are releasing a new song from their album every two weeks until eventually every track is released. How do you manage reviews when bands do things like this? Do you decide whether or not to put. <laughs> Sorry, it's on another page. Um, whether or not to put resource into reviewing an album that is drip-fed or just released out of nowhere like Avenged Sevenfold's most recent? Well, Avenged Sevenfold's most recent is a, is a, was an interesting situation because now I think we can say that we knew they were going to release a surprise album yeah, about four months before it happened. Yeah. Um, so we got a message from their team saying, just so you know, Avenged Sevenfold are going to surprise release the next album. Um, and they're not going to do any advance press on it, so they're just going to drop it, and everyone's going to hear it at the same time. And then we can, you could, they want to do interviews afterwards. So we were like, "Oh shit!" Because <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's uh, it's not ideal when you're in that situation. Because as we've talked about on before, you pride yourself on getting exclusives. We pride ourselves on access to these bands. We pride ourselves on being able to hear music first and offer an informed an opinion that can help contextualise these releases. So when you get a massive band like that telling you that they're not going to do any of that shit and you just have to kind of play catch-up, I guess, it kind of sucks a bit for us. You know, it's not it's not an easy thing to manage. I rate bands doing it because I think it's cool for bands to um, just, you know, tear out the rule book every once in a while and do what they want. And it was exciting to see people react to the fact that Avenged just dropped an album out of nowhere and it was awesome. Um, but it means you just... In terms of the album review, I still think people want to know what our um, opinions on the record are. People still care. People still, uh, I think, like to help get a bit of, like I said, contextualization. I was going to say that and then I'm going <laughs> to take it off and just say context. <laughs> a bit of context for the record um, and where it sits in their story and everything else. Um, so I think we, there's still value in reviewing stuff after the fact. Definitely. You know, I like to listen to albums and watch films and play video games and then go read reviews of them because I'm interested to see what other people think of them. Yeah, um, like things that people pick up on that you might not have picked up on and things they've thought yeah, of exactly. you might not have thought of, different perspectives, like you said, context. It's always interesting. Realization. Contextualization. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so token we still has... review it if it's a massive thing sleep token maybe not it's kind of interesting <laughs> the whole drip feeding thing uh, that they're doing that because it's like their first record isn't it or i think it's their first record first album i think if it is an album yeah they've had eps yeah. but then we should ask jonathan because like he might have already had it good point even if it's being drip yeah mate we could just ruin it for them to, Fuck gen- it. to the general public <laughs> it could have been i think it just kind of goes with this whole secrecy thing as well because you know they wear the robes and we still don't know who they are and maybe it's just this sort of like sort of drawing out this campaign where they're sort of playing shows and being anonymous and being secretive and then dripping stuff out it's kind of getting people talking isn't it yeah definitely mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a very cool promotional tactic although um you know avenged have said in interviews since they're not totally sure they'll do the same thing again as they did with the stage because uh you know there's some debate over whether it was a big enough success as they would have hoped it would have been um so yeah come talk to us next time lads in advance let's hear it let's hear it and we can give the big takes people need <laughs> I'm excited to hear some the Sleep Token record because I've seen them play. I don't know who they are. I really love that song, Calcutta. And I kind of love the fact that they sort of build and build up and they just do like a heavy bit at the end. I'm kind of curious to see if the whole album is kind of building up to like, and it's all kind of twinkly and moody and then they just do a heavy bit at the end. Or will it be different? Who knows? And I should mm. say again on that Avenged thing, we did still run a, a really cool cover feature with them um, about a month after the album came out and people seem to still really dig it, so... Yeah, and also it still on the, works on the Avenge thing. We actually went to the launch of the record. We did, we did in over LA. in Los Angeles. So that was pretty cool. It was cool indeed. Uh, we'll do one more question. Scott asks: In 2017, I went to my first metal festival. Congrats, mate! Hope you enjoyed it. Hammersonic in Jakarta, Indonesia. Fucking hell! That sounds amazing. Nice. Uh, it was such a huge, wonderful moment. What was your first festival experience like? someone <laughs> mine was leeds festival in 2002 and a common first festival for a yeah, lot of english people i think yeah or british leeds, people. but i was i'm northern so i obviously went to leeds and i was super excited went with a massive group of friends you know we all put our tents in a circle and had like a bit in the middle where we could sit and Standard. like cook food and things (laughs) i know it's standard but i'm just saying i'd never done it before so i was very excited to be in a big part a big group of friends putting our tents in a circle being excited it was an exciting it is an exciting time and it's like you know the first time you're really like away from home with all your friends and hanging out with them all and you don't have to do anything and you know your parents aren't there and i just remember it was really really fun and i was there with my boyfriend of the time and all he did was stay in the tent for three days and get high. Um, but I wanted to say... That's a, cl- that's a classic <laughs> of the of the festival experience as a kid though, isn't it? But all, There's always one. Yeah, and I literally didn't see him during the day. I only saw it at night time. But I wanted to see the bands really badly. So like, I went off with my other friends and went to watch the bands. You say as a kid, right? But like, I only started going to festivals as a fully grown adult. And I still, ha- there's still exactly the same thing that happens. And <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. I mean, I went to Glastonbury and this year. And it's like they're in their not... 30s and they're still in the tent getting high yeah. and not watching the bands. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just wanted to watch some music. So yep. I just went to watch some bands. I'm just here for the music, man. Yeah, exactly. And it was cool because um, Prodigy played and they were amazing. Guns N' Roses played. 
uh, that was like a big event and you know, like uh, Axel being late on stage and all that. And I remember I had a really shit mobile phone. I think it was like a Philips Savvy or something like my first one. And Foo Fighters played on the Sunday. And I, for some reason I like called my dad and I remember yelling at him down the phone, the Foo Fighters are playing. Or maybe he called me. I just remember I'd had a few beers and I was like screaming to the phone about Foo Fighters. That's a memory that I have. Lovely time. Yeah. It was, it was Alice, a really good time. first festival experience? Um, I'm a Sonosphere. Oh, really? cool. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And? Was it good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. I had a really, really good time. Which year did you go? It was 2014. The first festival <laughs> yeah, was 2014. That's what I said, yeah. Wow. I didn't go to any before that. So this is wow. why you're trying to make I was scared of going to festivals. I was like, oh no, the toilet's going to be grim. And oh, I don't want to camp. So I'd been to like day things and stuff and i've been to loads of gigs but i'd never been to a festival That's so, so 2014 that yeah. was the the probably the greatest um weekend for festival lineups yeah. in the history of southeast england because I actually, you had sonosphere that was prodigy made in a metallica right yes and then you also at the same weekend had um the hyde park festival yes, which, which was black attended. sabbath oh did you yeah and that was black sabbath uh, Faith No More, Motorhead and Soundgarden. Yeah, And then if you're into that kind of thing as well, there was also Wallace that weekend that has like Kanye and Outkast and all this other mad stuff going on. So it was just like everywhere you looked, it was just cool lineups everywhere. That festival lineup was fucking amazing. Out of control, wasn't I, it? Imagine I like... the Friday and we like, we set up our tents on the Thursday. Then on the Friday, got the train to London and from Sonosphere went to Black Sabbath and then got the train back to Sonosphere. Yeah. And then did the rest of Sonosphere. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, that weekend, like, imagine a weekend um, of different lineups being so good that I missed the Prodigy Day. And Prodigy are, like, one of my favourite bands of all time and I didn't go see them because Black Sabbath were playing that day in London. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I don't know how many more times I'm going to get to see Sabbath and blah, 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 blah. And actually, I think that was the last time I saw Soundgarden as well. So, like, it's just... Yeah, that was such a good lineup. Yeah, unbelievable lineup. No more Lemmy... No yeah, more Chris let me play. No more Sabbath. No now. more Sabbath. God, that's really sad to think of. Isn't so, it? like, none of those Jesus. bands would be playing now. Yeah, it's mad. Um, and yeah, on the so I saw that on that day. I saw Maiden on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, I saw I went to Sonosphere for three hours, and then I came back and watched Outcast in London, and then I came back to Sonosphere again and watched <laughs> cramming as much as I could. That's a good first festival experience to me. Yeah, fair. it was really fun. I remember. I missed uh, I missed Iron Maiden though. I was too busy like talking. That's all we drink. got time for this week on the <laughs> <Half> <laughs> Hate hate. Yeah, I totally miss them. And they're like one of my my friends who I got into metal because she was really into classical music when we were growing up. I got her into metal, and she's obsessed with Iron Maiden. So she went off on her own. She'd never done a festival before, and um, so I dragged her to this like do all these different like shows wow. and she was like right at the front of Iron Maiden but I she just ran off on her own and I just kind of like was Did she still have good talking fun, and getting drunk. Are you still friends? Yeah we're still friends <laughs> and I mean. I've dragged her to festivals since as well. Oh, it turned out okay in the end. So she lovely she that loves was it. the festival as well where Baby Metal just came on and did the main stage. Oh yeah it was when like they first sort of because Tesseract were meant to open it but Baby Metal did instead didn't they? Or did they play after? I can't remember now. Pretty sure they just came on and played. I do not know. Oh uh, yeah, crazy times. Crazy times. My oh, first festival was 
uh, Glastonbury 2000. Well, I went to a few oh, as sorry, a kid. I'm sorry, we didn't ask you, did we, Merlin? It's fine. Go on. <laughs> well, because uh, I think I talked about it recently because we did the Glastonbury review. But um, I went to a few as a kid, but my first was Glastonbury 2003 and it was absolutely incredible. Maybe still the best festival experience I've ever had. So uh, it was good. REM, Moby and Radiohead headlined. 90s as fuck. Um, wow. That is it for this week's podcast. This might be the longest we've ever done, but it's that kind of uh, it's that kind of week in metal. There's a lot going on. Uh, next week is the big Bloodstock review. We'll be running through all the big stuff. Will Parkway uh, make a statement? Will Sabaton make a statement? Who's going to steal the weekend? Find out next week. And unbelievably, we're going to be unveiling our new issue as well. And it is big. Literally already that big, soon. Big, big, big. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 All right, so uh, the one time in uh, the, the year plus we've had this podcast back on the air, we decided to record it a day early because it's a busy week and we wanted to get all the Bloodstock stuff in there and talk about Tool and Slipknot and other things. And then lo and behold, Tool suddenly... Well, first of all, two things happened, actually. First of all, Dimi Borg here uh, pulled out of Bloodstock, which is good because he spent all that time talking about the mail. So <laughs> who bloody ray? Um, so Dimi Borg here pulled out of Bloodstock which is a shame uh, I think they, I think they said something about illness or something's going on there so best wishes to all in the Dimu camp um, but they have been replaced by Batushka which is a very mm. uh, savvy and excellent last minute booking so fair play to Bloodstock for pulling that off so that'd be pretty cool very interested to see how they will do on an open air uh, kind of vibe yeah so, yeah sort of a cult kind of thing going on and the daylight will be interesting yeah can't be lighting candles well i suppose you can be but it's yeah. not quite the same not quite the same thing um more importantly uh the big news this week is that tool have actually dropped uh the title track of fear yeah. inoculum it is out right now so we thought we'd talk about it and we did know about that for some reason but for some reason wednesday seemed like really far in the future and not just today yeah, so we didn't really think that through. But we thought, because we don't want to let you guys down, we'll do a little digest of... Um, well, they I mean, they left us waiting, but they, they certainly delivered with something I love big. it. Ten minutes, this song is. Ten minutes long. I love long. it, because it's like a little journey. It builds and builds and builds. Every minute it introduces something new. Like, it kind of opens all discordant, and there's sort of a minute of... Um, you know, sort of tabler and beats, and then there's another minute, and I've Maynard comes in. Tribal bongo bongo drums. I wrote bongo twice because I'm an idiot. It's yeah, tribal bongo drums. Pretty sure it's the tabler. Oh, okay. Well, it shows how little I know about percussion. So, and then yeah, then it and then it goes from that into those kind of. I, so we were talking about this earlier, and you thought maybe it was a violin, which I thought was quite clever because I just wrote hazy guitar question mark electronic lines. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it sounds it like a violin, but it sounds like a violin sound produced electronically. But mm. I don't know anything, so but feel free to correct us. But yeah, it's a cool uh, kind of brooding, um, mystical, epic intro. I mean, it, I mean, until you like, it sounds like tall from the off because it just sounds epic and weird and kind of out there. But they leave you waiting just that little bit longer for a proper like tall riff to come in. But I think that's nice though because, like I said, it builds up and every minute there's something new. And it's not really until like, well, there's a bit around seven minutes where it's got an incantation. I think there's a bit around like minute eight or something where there's just kind of a tall riff that comes in. You're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, the yeah, same yeah. with the chorus. Like the first time the chorus comes, you're like, there's the chorus. That's the payoff. And then it actually just keeps going. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like the fact as well, 
um, that uh, the very first lyric in the whole song says long overdue in it. I know it's, I know the, the lyric is immunity long overdue. Um, but I just quite like that. It's, you've just got that little, like tiny little nod about something being long overdue. It feels like a cheeky and, wink. Yeah, I mean, I've, it, they must have known that, like the first song they're <laughs> releasing. Um, do we know if this is the first song on the album? It's, it's the title track, it's the so title it probably track. is, but we will find out. Um, yeah, because they released the, the track list, haven't they? I Let's looked for out. it and I couldn't Let's find, find it. Out. Let's find out. Do, 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 do. I looked for it and couldn't find it, so I don't think they have. Oh, okay. I mean, it sounds like it would be an epic intro track anyway, doesn't it? You know that much. It's the introduction to what we know is coming. You know, it's it's sort of like uh, the teaser to that album, except it's ten minutes long. Yeah, we can't can't find any info on the uh, on the actual track list, so we don't know yet. But it's yeah, it's the it's the it whatever it is. It's like you said, it's the introduction to the next era of Tool. So um, yeah, and it's ten minutes long. I love the percussion on it. Uh, obviously, a very big driving force of what Tool is all about. Those big kind of clattering drum rolls that rolled through. It, I thought were great. Um, it's a really meticulous song. It's a really slow building song. It's tense. It's taut. It feel, I mean, it feels like the whole thing is this kind of really, like I said, kind of tensed up explosion just waiting to happen. It is tensed up, but then you look in the lyrics and it's all about breathing and the breath and exhaling contagion. So even though it's kind of tense it's a really good point. and taut and very carefully considered and each note you feel like has been very thought about and pieced together, there's this whole vocal thing about breathing out and exhaling your contagion and i think maynard's voice kind of really goes with that feeling you know the rest of it the percussion and the beats and everything might be all kind of tight and taut but then his voice kind of flows over the top of like that like water don't want to get too wanky here nice but yeah nice. it just kind of feels like that's more of a or like a breath or it feels very kind of natural his voice and that's I think a really that's good kind of point a actually it's 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 quite um on one on one side, it's quite uh, it's very cleverly built to build up. If that makes it sense, is, yeah, it definitely. But is, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It's also got this really kind of organic feel to it. Because that well. for me it's is quite where an some interesting of, contrast of vibes. Yeah, and that for me is where a sort of emotional feel comes in because objectively, kind of listening to the song the first couple of times, you don't maybe feel a particular emotion. It feels quite distanced. You've kind of got this building, you've got this tension. You're like, yeah, that's cool, but it's kind of carefully made to do that. And, you know, that's kind of fine amount of distance from it. But I think having his vocals in and this talk about the breath and the different sort of movements that are through the song, the way that it does build to quite an intense moment at the end, I think it does have more emotion in than I originally thought on the first couple of listens. And it's quite, it does kind of get to you. It creeps in really does um so yeah uh I, th I think as well even though like you said it's got a very organic vibe to it it really sounds like a song where they've spent every single second painstakingly mm. work out exactly where each tiny millisecond of music is supposed to fit it feels like a song that's been written over a long time it does not feel like something that's just been bashed out in a studio in 10 minutes by any stretch of absolutely the imagination absolutely not everything in there will have been put there for a reason yes so overall you uh you know you're the you're the big tool fan at mount hammer you, you dig it you're feeling it i love it i really love the song i think it's the more you listen to it the more it embeds itself inside you like a parasite nice <laughs> a nice parasite killing it with your metaphors today <laughs> uh yeah it's just 
I like that flowing feeling of those vocals. I like the the fact he uses all different vocal styles in it as well. It's not just kind of one thing. He's got the bit where he's singing. He's got the bit that almost sounds like a prayer Mm -hmm. or an incantation that's exercise the spectacle, exercise the melody. Uh, It's just kind of, it's cool and it switches up the pace. It's not a one pace song, you know. Again, if you listen to it one time, you might kind of go, Oh, it's a bit slow and a bit tense and a bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Methodical. Yeah, but actually, that's kind of what I've, I got from it. Um, but I think actually, even though it is methodical, these m- calculated changes in pace and his, the quality of his vocals bring something else to it. Awesome. Well, uh, what a world we live in. What a world. <laughs> new Slipknot album's about to drop on Friday and we've actually got a new Tool song that is out there right now. I'm really um, into it. I let us know. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, you're going to do my little. My you're going to say, let thing. us know what you think. But I was going to say, I kind of hope that people do like it because I think it's cool, and I just sort of haven't got the energy to watch a lot of people shit on something online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, from what I saw, it looks like their initial reaction is pretty good. I think if you are excited about Tool, you're going to be excited by this song, yeah. and that's that's cool. Uh, and yeah, as, as I was going to say, do let us know what you all think. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Mount Hammer Readers to. to start off the conversation and uh yeah we will be back next week with the uh the big bloodstock review and unveiling our very spectacular new issue um see you then see you later we'll probably record it on wednesday so no one can take <laughs> us unawares bye fuckers bye